The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration. Whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer, it's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Monday morning to you. It is September 11th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us on this 9-11 day. Always a day it, of memorial uh, forever absolutely. in our history of the United States. It's amazing, too, because kids in school today weren't even born. I know. Isn't that something? That is really something. They were not even alive when the uh, the tragedy happened in New York in the Pentagon. Yeah. And uh, so we uh, always have to remember to, to remind them and teach them about what we went through. 22nd anniversary Incredible. today of 9-11, 2001. So yes, uh, we certainly remember those who lost their lives in the attacks and uh, the first responders and their families. I know there are a, a number of ceremonies happening too around the country today. I think they were having a big one in Manhattan by the where the Twin Towers. Exactly. Uh, you know, every year they have that memorial. Every single year they read every name yeah. that was lost during the, the when the towers came down the firefighters that lost their lives and of course the civilians who were stuck in those towers mm. so yep definitely remember them in your prayers today if you if you would please so uh, how was your weekend oh it was wonderful we had family in town for the weekend which was wonderful our goddaughter came up uh and her husband our oldest daughter and our son-in-law from eastern washington they drove into town everybody wanted to meet this new baby so it was a wonderful opportunity to just love on this new baby and support our daughter and our son-in-law who had the baby oh, and eat nice. well yeah. and enjoy life. So how how did the baby do? She didn't mind at all. Nice. She's like, all right, hold me. Was it the pass around baby? Bo- that was. Yes. She did, I don't think she uh, was in her bassinet for <laughs> a moment the entire weekend. That's great. So that was good. And of course, the big news of the weekend, we waited all evening. Four o'clock is when we typically hear from the school district, the Evergreen School District. Nothing at four, nothing at five, nothing at six. (laughs) About 6.45 last night, the letter came, school is back. Oh, we are so relieved. The uh, grownups were able to come to an agreement. And now everybody's late, though. Yeah. So they do get to sleep in one more day because the teachers had to gather to vote. I'll talk more about it in news, too. So they had to delay everybody. So the vote is this morning. And then two hours later... Kids are going yeah. back to school. You need to find uh, the sound effect of a school bell ringing. Oh, ringing. That's <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. Classes in session. Classes oh, in session. And actually, yeah. my student, my high schooler, he was relieved. Yeah, I'm he sure. Was ready. It's yeah. his senior year. He yeah. wants to go back, see his friends, get this year started. It's a, It's going to be a great year, I know. So, you know, how many days did they actually delay? Seven. Seven? Eh, that's not bad. Not bad. Yeah. But And fortunately, I mean, I, I won't say fortunately, we don't know yet, but it seems like all indicators are that we'll have a mild winter. Mm-hmm. So we don't expect like delays for snow, cross our fingers. Yeah. So they'll have to make those up sporadically. I don't, they'll... 
they may, you know, days off that they had worked into the calendar might become working school days and uh, maybe tack on a couple at the end of the year. Do they, I, I, I don't know, do they put some wiggle room in there? Like There is. Yeah. There is. They they have to go. I think it's 180 days of right. school they have to do. There were teacher planning days, early release days. And so I think all of those will start to pick up through the year. And then, like I said, maybe a couple more at the, you know, throughout and then a couple more at the end of the year and uh, they should got it covered. All right. Well, hey, um, I'm, I'm glad they're back in school. <laughs> oh, I am so glad too. So, yeah, now everybody should be back. Because everybody should be back. Labor Day, you know, last week was the after Labor Day. And I think most schools then that hadn't gone back before Labor Day went back then last week. And now the remainders, the strike kids, they're they're back now. <laughs> the strike kids. I the love it. The strike kids, they're, they're back now. So... Watch for the school buses. I know I noticed just going home, uh, you know, you see them out there. And so uh, everybody should be back at school. And here we go. We're rolling on a new year. Now I feel good. Oh, good. So everyone's back. So I love it. Good to go. What do you have coming up today? Well, along with that school going back to school, a school in Bend, Oregon, canceled today because of a credible bomb threat. Ooh, okay. This is very, very unusual. I'll have the details. All right. And I was typing fast and furiously because there was so much sports. Was there anything, a lot going on <laughs> this was, weekend? There, there was a lot going on this weekend for your viewing pleasure. So we'll give you a rundown on that as well. Oh, uh, we got a great show ahead for you on this Monday morning. Here's John Finch and Wildfire. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. You are my heart's one desire Cleanse my soul with your fire And you make me anew You are a flame alive in me Within my heart burning deep You shine through the dark You shine through the dark It's burning, burning, burning Spread it wild and free Oh, it's burning, burning, burning like a wildfire in me As an ember fades away My soul gets tired, I need your grace You give me life mm-hmm. Oh, you give me
John Finch and Wildfire. It is 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Monday morning. Well, coming up next, Father Dan, Dina Marie going to join us. They'll talk about following the cross. It's right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Mater Dei Radio has broadcast the consecration of the Blessed Sacrament every day for more than 33 years. Your generosity has made this remarkable legacy of faith possible. Together, we can help even more souls find healing and renewal through Christ's precious gift of the Holy Eucharist. Join this vital mission and be changed as we celebrate the transformational power of the Eucharist during Mater Dei Radio's 2023 Fall share October 9th through 13th. Become a major part of this week of transformation by helping us build a robust matching fund. Your support now will have a deep impact on Mater Dei Radio's success in October by providing strong encouragement for our share listeners to match your giving. Learn more and make your matching gift now at materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And be changed during our 2023 Fall share at Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus and the Holy Eucharist through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 712 here at Mater Day Radio. What an incredible weekend oh, we had. Beautiful. I was outside a lot. It was more, it was downright hot yesterday, yeah. actually. I was in Corvallis for the football game. On Saturday? <laughs> it was toasty in the afternoon. Was it? Yeah. Game kicked off at six, but it was a warm afternoon. Yeah, boy. But by the evening, 
it was really pleasant. Well, the weak system is moving across the region today, bringing more clouds and cooler temperatures. Uh, mild this morning and highs getting to 77 degrees. Overnight, we're going to cool down to the middle 50s. Then tomorrow, a few more sun breaks, highs to 77 degrees. Mm. That's beautiful. That's really very nice. perfect weather. Now, as we move through the week, though, temperature is going to warm up to get near 90 degrees as next weekend rolls around. Ah, it's currently 62 degrees at LaSalle Catholic Prep in Milwaukee. And 60 degrees at Our Lady of Lourdes Catholic Church in Vancouver. Good morning. This is Dina Marie, host of Faith Moments with a Franciscan Moment on Mater Dei Radio. As Jesus teaches his disciples what it means to truly follow him, time and time again, he urges his followers to deny themselves take up their cross and follow me. Well, what does this cross mean for me and for my life? And what role do suffering and sacrifice have in the call to follow Jesus? With me today to reflect on some of these questions is Franciscan friar, Father Dan Petit. Father Dan, thanks for coming and joining us today. Yeah, glad to be with you again. It's always a pleasure to be on your program. We were reflecting a little bit before we got on the air today, and we mentioned uh, September, we could call this the month of the cross. We have this, I I guess I call it a trifecta of of feasts. We have the feast of the exaltation of the cross on September 14th, followed by the feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. And then you and I have talked about the feast of the stigmata of St. Francis on the 17th. It's just like, wow, we're we're. We're dancing with the passion of the Lord, and I would love to have you help us unpack some of these feasts and how they might be connected. I mean, first of all, why do we have a feast, this exaltation of the cross on September 14th? How can we look at this particular feast in the church? Well, the, um, the, the you know, we're going to the core of our faith, and so there's so much. This is meat and potatoes, Catholicism, when we come to the cross, our churches are uh, have crucifixes in them uh, with the with the corpus of Christ and the victory the the triumph of the cross is that Christ Himself the Son of the Living God was put on trial and was condemned to death and He did die but see in doing so He completely defeated this world and that's the triumph of the cross because currently the whole world the whole world has been placed under the edict by Christ crucified that you shall not last. It's passing away. And and I'm talking about the world wherein, you know, uh, we're trying to make a human right out of abortion, or we're talking about a world that sends children into sex slavery, or we're talking about a world that places higher premium on money than human beings. That world has been placed under edict by Christ, on the cross, you shall not last, because all things have been placed under his feet. And that's the triumph of the cross. And it's uh, it's really, uh, it's a situation where the world is passing away, and what we await is a new heavens and a new earth. And we can't stop this world from passing, which doesn't mean we don't care for this world. No, we're, we're called upon to be Christ in this world, and by the way we live our lives in the body now, we will either cry out and welcome because we love the Lord so much, or we'll flee for the heels because we're so afraid of him. You know, it's like, 
And hopefully, you know, we will live our lives in the body in such a way that we're welcoming Christ, we're caring for others, we're laying our lives down, we're, we're trying to serve and preserve life rather than treat it casually and, and the like. So this is the triumph of the cross um, in, in our world. Right. And we hear Jesus even using these words, and we we heard it recently in one of our gospel readings, where first of all, uh, Peter makes this proclamation of faith, you know, you are the Christ, you are the Son of God. And then Jesus talks about his passion, that he is going to suffer, he is going to die. And in order to be my disciple, you must take up your cross and follow me. And And Peter's having a hard time with this. No, this can't be, Lord. We, you can't die. You can't suffer. Um, what about this idea of the cross that Jesus even tells us to take up our cross? You know that that is followed by the then the saying, "Take up your cross daily. Deny yourself." Now, denial in the culture, the way the world interprets that word denial, is it takes it to mean that we as Catholics require men and women to deny they have feelings. And they inter- the world interprets that to mean that denial is a sort of Freudian repression, which uh, that denial has it, has, it has little to do with the feelings. I mean, feelings are feelings. God created us with feelings. Uh, what the denial is, is the denial of my own will, which is weak. Our will is weak, and what the will, weak will tends to do is let the emotions get out in front of it and drive the chariot. And see, what we need to be able to do is deny our own will in the service of God's will. And, and that's the surrender. That's what we need to do to surrender. But our will is weak. And so the denial is trying to, to live our lives in keeping with the grace of Christ, to strengthen our will for the pursuit of the goodwill of the Father. He wishes only our good. And it's a better world when we surrender and try to accomplish his will instead of doing our own will. And that's where the denial is focused on. Right. And so it is in God's will be done. I mean, we pray that prayer every day, probably many times a day with our rosary, the Our Father prayer, thy will be done to be reminded of that on a regular basis, Father Dan, that's that can be a difficult time sometimes when we just want to be in control of this relationship, of my job, of my career, of my family. I want to be in charge. And yet the Lord is saying there's a better way. Yeah, there's a better way and his will, and this is our faith, of course, our faith affirms his will is a good will. It's not an mm. ill will. It's not an intimidating, tyrannical will. Christ was not a tyrant. He wasn't like Joseph Stalin, where he's tyrannical. He's coming on the scene and he's intimidating you and forcing you. And no, I mean, we have our freedom. So it's not an, you know, that's the world. Again, the world sets up our will against God's and he's so opposed to us. He's trying to force himself on us. No, it's Love can't be forced, uh, and so he does try to free us for the purpose of the love he hopes he'll gain from us, which is what he wants. And his will is good. It desires your good. It desires my good. But that doesn't mean there's no evil in the world because of what we do to each other. See, this is where 
um, we we are fair, we are very inhumane in our treatment of each other, and it, that's not according to God's will. It's not His will that we treat each other this way. That's the call of the gospel: is to surrender ourselves to the will of the Father, so that we get on board with accomplishing good, and and our will stays a good will toward others as well, which that's hard. That's hard to do, especially when you are living in a fallen world and you get hurt and feel like it's hard to forgive because you're hurting so badly because this person has harmed you. Um, that's the challenge of the gospel, right? I mean, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Yeah, that's a tall order. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Father Dan Petit is with us, Franciscan Friar. We're talking about the cross and, you know, the next day, and we'll just talk a little bit about this. Our Lady, Our Lady of Sorrows follows that triumph of the cross. And I think the one model that we can best relate to on how do we approach the cross, how do we approach sufferings comes from Our Lady of Sorrows. Yeah, that is, I, I, it's so true. Um, you know, and I, I mean, the best way I have for expressing that in my own life as a priest is to say that I I am not the moral high ground in the Catholic Church. I'm not the moral high ground in the world, for that matter. Uh, Jesus Christ is the moral high ground, and it's it's tough to try to keep up with him. Um, but Our Lady figures in so prominently in my own attempt, at least, at doing that, is Our Lady is there at the foot of the cross, she is so strong in the pursuit of loving her son. She's there at the foot of the cross, even as they brutalized her beloved son. She was there. She didn't pull out a sword like Peter did on Thursday night. She didn't start to get violent. No, she was there, and she stayed the course of her love for her son and was so supportive to him as he was suffering. And she helps us as well keep the path of our own discipleship and to try to keep up with her son, because that's a tall order to try to keep up with him. He is amazing. Can you imagine? He said to us from the cross, Father, forgive them. You, I mean, you got to be kidding me. I mean, it's like, that's hard to keep up with. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and Mary really, Mary helps us do that. Yeah. Father Dan Petit is with us, Franciscan Friar. Father Dan, I want to talk a little bit about St. Francis as well and looking to some of the examples we can learn from him, but we are coming up to our break. So hang on the line and we'll continue our conversation in the next half hour. Sounds good. It is 723 here at Mater Day Radio. Monday morning, maybe you're getting a slow start to the day. Well, listen to the Morning Blend. We'll get your day started right. Listen to Mater Day Radio all day. We've got great Catholic program for you. And this evening... Well, it is Living Stones with our good friends, Deacon Harold Brooks-Sivers and Ken Hellenius. Well, they will just round out your Monday in the perfect way. You can find our full program schedule at MonterDayRadio.com and also access it on the Hail Mary media app. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. 
Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Many Protestants object to the Catholic practice of penance because they think it implies that Jesus' sacrifice is not enough. But is this true? No, and here are some answers why. First, penance has nothing to do with the forgiveness of sins. It only deals with repairing the harm that sin causes within us. St. Paul teaches in Philippians 1.6 that God works to bring to completion the good work that he has begun in us. Even though we're forgiven, sin leaves us weak. Penance is the means by which we cooperate with God to complete the work of recovering full spiritual health. Second, penitential acts express our sorrow for sin, which follows the injunction of John the Baptist in Luke 3.8, bear fruits that befit repentance. Penance doesn't take away from Christ. It unites us more to him. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 726 at Mater Day Radio, and we'll have the latest for you on that deadly earthquake in Morocco. And after days on the picket lines, Evergreen School District teachers are opening the doors and welcoming back students to a new school year. I'll have that story for you coming up in three minutes. Here's Rita West and Victor. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
That is Rita West and Victor. It is 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Educators from Evergreen Public Schools have reached a tentative agreement on a new contract Sunday evening, nearly two weeks after they went on strike. This comes after the district superintendent threatened to withhold pay from striking educators and non-striking support staff represented by separate unions if they didn't return to work by Monday, according to the Evergreen Education Association. Both parties reached an agreement on a new contract around 6.37 p.m. Sunday evening. The union will meet to vote on the new contract at 8 a.m. today at Evergreen High School. If approved by the majority of the union's membership, schools will open on a two-hour delay. The union's key points of contention in the bargaining process, which began in March, have been extending a cost-of-living adjustment, reducing class sizes and getting additional support for special education. In a letter to school families, administration officials said they will have more information soon on how to make up these seven days that were missed during the work stoppage. So is your son wearing that brand new sweater he bought for the first day of school? Not new sweaters. We got got himself some new jeans and some new uh, kicks. Okay. He'll be doing all right. (laughs) That's great. Well, in what is its deadliest earthquake in more than six decades, rescuers in Morocco are racing against the clock to find survivors from Friday's powerful quake. Nearly 2,500 people are confirmed dead now, with that many more injured, and authorities warn the death toll is expected to rise. The worst destruction has been in isolated mountain areas, which are difficult to access. Residents have described those whole villages suffering damage and rescuers unable to retrieve bodies from the rubble. In Marrakesh, the nearest major city, many residents slept on the streets, too afraid to return to their homes. Historic sites and popular tourist destinations have been damaged. Morocco's King Mohammed VI declared three days of mourning and ordered mosques nationwide to hold funeral prayers on Sunday. To dialogue with someone who has wronged us in a process that requires real courage, Pope Francis said Sunday, reflecting on the theme of fraternal correction. Fraternal correction is one of the highest expressions of love and also the most demanding because it is not easy to correct others, the Holy Father observed. He was speaking on September 10th from a window at the Apostolic Palace to pilgrims gathered in St. Peter's Square. He said, when a brother in the faith commits a fault against you, you, without rancor, help him, correct him, help by correcting. And following his reflection, the Holy Father expressed his closeness to the people of Morocco in the aftermath of that devastating uh, earthquake. Pope Francis also spoke briefly about the beatification of the Olma family in Poland. The Nazis brutally executed the devout Catholic family of Josef and Victoria Olma and their seven children in 1944 for hiding eight Jews in their home. Well, do you feel like more of your dollars have been going to health care over the past few years? If your answer is yes, you're right, according to a new report from the Oregon Health Authority as it reviewed health care spending between 2013 to 2021, the numbers show healthcare spending grew by 40% over that time period. The report found that the average Oregonian paid more for their health care than they did on housing and utilities. 
More specifically, OHA said the cost of insurance, prescribed medications, and over-the-counter drugs accounted for 22% of a resident's budget. The state agency reported that about 33% of adults have skipped or delayed a medical appointment because of the price. Additionally, about 25% of adults have skipped medication or failed to refill a prescription for similar reasons. OHA said high health care costs have affected low-income residents more than their counterparts. A bomb threat against Summit High School posted on social media over the weekend has prompted a search of the Bend High School and the cancellation of Monday's classes and activities, including sports practices and games. In a letter to parents on Sunday night, officials wrote, After a meeting this evening with our law enforcement partners, we made the difficult decision to cancel all classes and activities at Summit High School on a Monday. In response to a threat that was posted on social media over this weekend. Now, law enforcement agencies are actively investigating this threat, and we believe it's best for students to stay home tomorrow. Summit High School was searched on Sunday, and an additional search will be conducted this morning with the assistance of trained Oregon State Police Canine. Oh, what to watch yesterday. It was <laughs> such a tough, tough decision. <laughs> So many sports, so little time. What was I to do? Well, I know what I did. What did you be, rec- Because I went to my favorite sport of all, and that would be tennis. Okay. Where I watched the GOAT uh-huh. add to his status. That would be Novak Djokovic uh, yesterday, the greatest of all time. He defeated Daniil Medvedev in three straight sets to win his historic 24th Grand Slam title at the U.S. Open Championships in New York. It it is his fourth U.S. Open title. Djokovic already holds the men's Grand Slam singles title record. Sunday's win now ties him with Margaret Court for the most singles title of anyone. So one more title. And which and, and he there's no one that has won more singles titles. So what's it called when they win all of the Grand Slams in a single season? That would be the calendar Grand Slam. The calendar, and he missed it by one. He missed it by one. He lost the uh, Wimbledon. Okay. To Alcaraz. Wow. Yeah. So if he would have won Wimbledon, he would have had the can, which has only happened like I think twice. It's hard to do. Needless to say, different surfaces, whatever. But he's he's an amazing player. I was telling you uh, this morning, the second set went n- over 90 minutes. One set. Just one that set. That is incredible. Can you, could they, they could have gone five sets. Could you imagine and that? They'd have gone five, five hours. It would have been five hours. Yeah, I mean, That's it's exhausting. amazing. But let's talk about Coco Gauff. Oh, I was wondering if you were going to bring her up this hour. The 19-year-old, mm-hmm. 19-year-old American won her first Grand Slam title at the U.S. Open. She defeated Ariana Sabalenka in three sets. It went the distance. She Coco lost the first set. Whoa. And so you're like, oh, boy. And then she came back and won the second set and then won the third set, actually, pretty handily. I think it was 6-2 in the third. But uh, it was she was in tears at the end because, you, you know, that pressure to of just— Of course, to get that first. To get that first one. And her parents were crying. Everybody was crying. I was oh, crying. you were crying. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> so it was it was a great weekend. Of, of, now, what am I going to do now? That's two weeks That's of— That's it. Two, two weeks of tennis, it, you know, it's all football all day. I think so. Yeah, we'll talk football in the next sports. On September 11th, 2001, Judith Toppin, an employee of the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, was working on the 71st floor of One World Trade Center when her life changed. 
Judith, who suffered from serious health issues, could feel her heart pounding. Some co-workers came to check on her, but within moments, a manager hurried past ordering everyone to leave the building. Her co-workers were not sure what to do. That's when Judith heard a man tell the others that they should leave because he taking care of her. And that man was Paul Karras, a 46-year-old engineer who also worked for the Port Authority. They had never met before. And Paul would lead Judith down the stairwell of the North Tower to safety. Judith spotted Paul's wedding ring and suddenly realized the sacrifice he was making by staying with her. She asked him to just leave me behind, she said, and save himself since he had a family. And she said, I was moving much too slowly. But she said her words fell on deaf ears as he instructed me to swing my left leg forward, drop my right foot to the next step. And he assured me that he would never let me fall. And Paul still vividly remembers the firefighters who were going up as they were coming down. Paul and Judith were among the last people to leave the North Tower of the World Trade Center before it collapsed. Now, Paul was lauded as a hero in the days after the tragedy, but he explained to Alatea hearing himself described that way triggered a discrepancy, he said. Though he was a practicing Catholic and was active at his parish community of Corpus Christi in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, Paul could only see a deep divide in his life. He said church was church and everything else was everything else. Mm. It was at a Crucio weekend that Paul made a breakthrough and he began to see that even with his engineering brain of logic, not everything in life could be rationally analyzed and made sense of. In 2011, 10 years later, Paul was ordained a permanent deacon for the Archdiocese of Newark. Now, Judith, well, she died in 2020, but she and Paul had stayed in touch, seen each other once or twice a year. The woman who called Paul Karras her angel, well, she was at his ordination, Mm, of course. Wow. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This evening at 6 o'clock, it is the Blue Mass in Hillsboro. St. Matthew's Catholic Church and the Knights of Columbus Hillsboro Council invites all to a Blue Mass at St. Matthew's Catholic Church here in Portland. First, excuse me, in Hillsboro, first responders, active military and veterans are invited to wear their uniforms to be recognized for their service. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And more from Father Dan and Dina Marie on Following the Cross right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors. Financial planning and investment management to help you retire with confidence. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors partners with you to find clarity, build a plan, and invest with your Catholic values in mind. 
Scheduling a free consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. Sivers and Monday nights at 7:30, Ken Hellenius and I team up for Living Stones. This dynamic weekly show will help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church with practical ways that you can grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Join us for Living Stones Monday nights at 7:30 on Modern Day E Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 743 at Day Radio. We're going to see a few clouds out there today. Maybe not quite as warm as it has been the past couple of days. We'll have a high of 76 degrees and more clouds overnight tonight, low of 57. And then for Tuesday, partly sunny skies, high of 76. And then, boy, we get to the end of the week, starts to heat up again. So good get up to 90 again by Friday. So we'll see where it goes. Currently 57 degrees at St. Matthew's Catholic Church in Hillsborough. And 52 degrees at St. Peter's Church in Eugene. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with Franciscan Friar, Father Dan Petit. We are f- reflecting on the cross in the month of September. Actually, there's several feast days that really surround this theme of the cross. One is the triumph or the exaltation of the cross on September 14th, and then Our Lady of Sorrows feast day, beautiful feast day. In fact, for our local listeners, the Grotto, the National Sanctuary of Our Sorrowful Mother, that's their big paternal feast day on September 15th. And then for Franciscans, again, looking at the stigmata, that cross that St. Francis actually endured physically on September 17th. Father Dan, I was thinking about just how we can learn about those words Jesus calls us to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And, and, and maybe just giving us some examples, some ways that, you know, if we were going to talk to St. Francis today, be like, St. Francis, how do we, how do we do this? How do we do this and follow Christ? Well, I mean, Francis himself uh, did give the answer to that for the brothers. Um, for example, uh, when he went to Syria, we all know the story as well. He went to Syria to try to convert the Sultan in the Muslim world. And when he came back, what he discovered was two brothers that he put in charge had begun to institute all kinds of laws of fasting. Mm. And Francis got upset with them. He said, if you don't fast according to laws, you consult the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide you on whether you are to fast or not. You know, And of course... We fast when the church uh, calls us to fast, you know, like uh, Good Friday, we we abstain from meat, we we fast, we have, and that's a good thing. And and so Francis, his answer for most of these things would be follow the Holy Spirit. You've been given your spiritual director in your soul, and that's the Holy Spirit, and be guided by him as best as you can to try to be uh, uh, pliable to this gentle guide within your soul. And that would be his answer, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. If you're going to have right. the Holy Spirit as your guide, certainly I, we were talking about St. Uh, Maximilian Colby off, off air, but Maximilian Colby writes a lot about Our Lady and the Holy Spirit and, right. you know, this connection, this intimate connection between our blessed mother and the Holy spirit. I think if we know our lady, we get to know the Holy spirit. Yeah. You know, that opens a whole other, uh, like 
a venue for theological reflection, obviously. I mean, the Holy Spirit and Our Lady, she is spouse of the Holy Spirit, according to St. Francis. That's his title for one of the titles for Our Lady. She is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And uh, for Maximilian Kolbe, uh, he says, Jesus said in the gospel, no one has ever seen the Father. Now, we've seen the Son in Jesus Christ. And where have we seen the Holy Spirit? He doesn't say we've never seen the Holy Spirit. Uh, now, Mary is not an incarnation of the Holy Spirit, but she's a perfect reflection of her spouse, the Spirit, mm -hmm. for us. And she, in a way, puts a face on this spirit um because of that she's not the holy spirit no but she's the she's as maximian colby puts it she's the created image of the spirit whereas the holy spirit is the uncreated spirit um and that that's a big difference to be created as opposed to uncreated you know right right so there is that actual difference between god and a creature but mm -hmm. mary so completely was faithful to the Holy Spirit in her life that she never sinned and became a perfect image to us then of what the Holy Spirit was like. Right. Let's look a little bit more at that aspect of suffering. And I think that's always the big question as people are pondering whether they are living a Christian life or they're looking from the outside in what about suffering? What about the tragedies of war and of violence and of, uh, you know, hurricanes and fires and, and, you know, destruction that happens outside of us to us? Um, where where do those sufferings? How can we reconcile with them? If we're talking to St. Francis, you know, what role does that suffering play in my life with Christ? Well, you know, uh, you know, we do have the paschal mystery which is the the life death and resurrection of christ it's not only the resurrection now god resolved human suffering in the resurrection raising christ but we still have the glaring injustice of the cross of christ to face ourselves in this paschal mystery um because in a fallen world which we do live in right now as i mentioned Yes, everything has been placed under Christ's feet at the foot of the cross. He, This world is under sentence, thou shalt not last. It's passing away. We can't stop it. We could probably stop it if we could kill Christ again, but that's impossible. He's risen from the dead. He can never die again. There's a new world coming. He's inaugurating it, but... In the meantime, we're still living in this world, awaiting the new heavens and the new earth. And that means we're going to suffer. It's a fallen world. People will do mean things to us. Awful things will happen. Injustices will happen. And so we're left with not just the resurrection at this point. That's on promise. But we still have to face the glaring injustice Christ suffered. On Good Friday, um, an innocent man was put to death. And the answer each of us gives to that injustice Christ suffered and how we respond to it comes down to each one of us and our faith as we attempt to get through life with Christ as opposed to without him. See, the danger of rejecting the cross is you reject Christ upon it, and then he's out of your life. 
and and that's a dark world that's a very dark world you're just left with a fallen world and and so our embrace of the cross is at the same time embracing the savior who's upon it and in our faith we find a way through it rather than ignoring it or maybe taking a fifth of whiskey or go off into some uh, momentary relief that really is no final solution the way christ would be if we would just stay with him at the foot of the cross with the help of the blessed mother who's there at the foot of the cross and by the way a huge cloud of witnesses of the saints who have also joined mary at the foot of the cross all of them are there to help us we have a lot of helps through faith on getting through these hard times that we face in a fallen world where evil does happen and we do get hurt you know and I think about that vision of uh, Mary and John and Magdalene at the foot of the cross. What's flowing out of Christ is love. I mean, we hear right. that scripture for God. So love the world that the cross happened and that Mary could see this is all because of God's love. We have to push through this because God is flowing that mercy that's going to flow from his body is the mercy of God's love. And I just, I think bringing that love into our idea of the cross is going to help us on the journey. Absolutely. And I think St. Paul said it, you know, light has shone in the darkness and, and the darkness did not overcome it because he came back from the dead. And of course, if Peter had gotten his way, at Caesarea Philippi, uh, Lord, you can't go to Jerusalem there. All of us would still be dead in our sin because he never would have gotten there. I mean, imagine that. Um, if Peter had had his way, you know, Lord, you can't go up there. And you'll notice Jesus turned on him and said, get behind me, Satan. You're trying to keep me from saving all these people. And that includes us today. Uh, thank God Peter didn't get his way. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we have a lot to be grateful for. And I think just another way to approach the cross. And as I hold that rosary, again, I think it's beautiful that on our rosary, we have that crucifix. It reminds us um, of the sacrifice of Christ. Yeah. Right, which, which is a sacrifice of love. And he's way more gentle and kind with us than we are with ourselves. I mean, again, if Mary mirrors to us the Holy Spirit, um, boy, look at the gentleness, the kindness, the love. And that's what we're faced with uh, as we go through life. Uh, evil, whence comes evil? It's not from our Lord. He has goodwill toward us. It's what we do to each other. So how are we going to get through that? Well, He's come to help us through that um, and and maintain goodwill in our hearts instead of going sour and maybe becoming bitter, which is a possibility because we can get so hurt in life. And, and it's understandable with some of the terrible things that can happen. People can become bitter. But with God's help, our spirit can be healed and strengthened to maintain goodwill and 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 forgive. And, and, and again, it's hard work. There's no question. Forgiveness takes a great deal of hard work because we have to face the evil that we've experienced. But uh, with Christ, we can do it. Yeah. And that is the good news. With Christ, right. 
with Christ. And that's it. Not without him. That's right. That's right. Good news from Father Dan Petit. It's always great (laughs) to talk with you, Father Dan. I want to thank you for your time with us today. Would you help us close with a prayer and your blessing, please? Sure. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're so grateful to you, dear Heavenly Father, for sending us Jesus and for such a courageous witness to us and a testimony of your great love for us. And we thank you for that and pray that we may ever grow in our love for you through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The blessed mighty God descend upon you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Father. Have a blessed week. Thank you. You too. And it is 7.55 at Mater Day Radio. It's David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on this Monday. Great to hear Father Dan, Dina Marie. You know, Dina Marie, she's going to be back with us here in not too much longer for our Fall share She's going to be the guest host for the Fall share That's October 9th through the 13th. So just, boy, less than a month away as we inch closer to that. Theme this year, Be Changed. Going to focus on the Holy Eucharist. Going to be a wonderful week again. Again, October 9th through the 13th, our fall share You can make a pledge right now to our matching fund. Just go to our website. It's right on the front page there. Click on that. Give you all of the details. It's Mater Day Radio's 2023 Fall share October 9th through the 13th. Details at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Summertime is a great time to drive the open road. Unless your old reliable wheels just aren't up to the task anymore. You know who could use that old car? Day Radio. You can donate most vehicles, cars, trucks, vans, RVs, and boats to Day Radio's vehicle donation program with the proceeds supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast. And in return, getting yourself a likely tax deduction. More information on our vehicle donation program at MaterDayRadio.com. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a double shot to start the day on Mater Day Radio. 7.57 at Mater Day Radio, and it was a big first Sunday of the NFL. How'd your team do, Brenda? Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's coming up. And Nike's announced it's a long shattered community store. Never going to open again. I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Theodora was a good Christian wife. She honored her marriage and husband and kept her home peaceful. Then her life drastically changed with the lustful heart of one man. He was so infatuated with her beauty that he desired Theodora, even though she was a married woman. In all of Alexandria, he wanted her, even if it were for one night. 
The man sought out a fortune teller when his gifts and wooing words weren't enough to persuade Theodora to run away with him. At first, Theodora remained strong and didn't see any gain at fleeting romance with a man that wasn't even her husband. But the fortune teller swayed her, saying, The night conceals man's secrets from God. How would he be able to see her moments of adultery in the darkness? Theodora was convinced and fell headfirst into sin in the dead of night. As soon as the sun rose that morning, her eyes were opened and she knew what she did was overwhelmingly wrong. Out of fear for her soul, she began her long journey to repentance. While her husband was away one evening, she chopped off all her hair and took her husband's clothing. She knew the only thing left for her was to enter into a state of penitence to find God's mercy and forgiveness by serving the nearby holy men. Her answers lay in the monastery of the Akadekatos, an assumed identity of Brother Theodore. Her life became one of an inspiring repentance and at the monastery. Her brothers were left speechless by her devotion, fasting, and humility. She prayed daily with her fellow monks, healed the infirmed of Alexandria, and was able to keep her identity hidden for a period of time. Then her past came back to haunt her. A sly woman entered the monastery and for her own reasons, accused Theodore, AKA Theodora, of impregnating her. Now we know, and Theodora knew, these accusations were obviously false, but she chose to stay silent and not justify herself. She saw this as another stepping stone in her journey of repentance. Banished from the monastery, Theodora lived out in the desert of Egypt to raise the woman's child for the next seven years. She was later allowed back into the monastery where she remained for the last two years of her life and died peacefully in 491, finally able to embrace God's mercy. You could only imagine the shock of her brothers when they went to prepare Theodore's body for burial. The abbot then received a vision explaining everything about their assumed brother Theodore, uh, and quickly summoned her husband to attend the burial. He did and then remained in his wife's cell until his own passing years later. In the end, St. Theodora humbly lived a heroic life of turning back to God instead of falling deeper into despair for her sins. She believed patiently in the redemption and healing power of God. May we too come to be patient with our own shortcomings and lean heavily on God's mercy and healing, no matter the journey. St. Theodora the Penitent, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 801. On Sunday, for the first time, the Catholic Church beatified an entire family at once. Yosef and Victoria Omen and their seven children who were martyred during World War II for sheltering two Jewish families from the Nazis. Cardinal Marcelo Semeraro, prefect of the dicastery for the causes of saints, said the in his homily in front of 30,000 people in the family's village in southeastern Poland, it would be misleading if the day of the beatification of the Oma family served only to bring back to memory the terror of the atrocities perpetrated by their executioners. Instead, we want to be this to be a day of joy because the page of the gospel written on paper has become for us a lived reality, which shines brightly in the Christian witness of the Oma couple and in their martyrdom of the new blesseds. 
Now, beatification in the Catholic Church is one step before canonization when a person recognized for special holiness is officially declared to be a saint. Those beatified receive the title blessed and may receive public veneration at the local or regional level, usually restricted to those diocesan or religious institutions closely associated with a person's life. Well, changes could be ahead for shoppers in the Northwest. Supermarket giants Kroger and Albertsons announced Friday that they will sell off more than 400 stores including at least 49 in Oregon, over 100 in Washington, and more than a dozen in Idaho if their merger is approved. That would include some Fred Meyer stores that are part of the Kroger chain. The buyer is New Hampshire-based CNS Wholesale Grocers. All fuel centers and pharmacies associated with the divested stores will remain with the stores and continue to operate. CNS, which was founded in 1918, is a supplier to independent grocery stores, supplying more than 7,500 independent supermarkets, retail chain stores, and military bases. It currently runs Grand Union Grocery Stores and Piggly Wiggly Stores. Kroger, the nation's largest supermarket chain, which brought Fred, bought Fred Meyer in 1998, announced plans in October to buy its next largest competitor, Albertsons. Nike has abandoned its efforts to reopen its long-shuttered community store in Northeast Portland and now plans to make the store's closure permanent. The company said, We're reimagining Nike's retail space, permanently closing our current location at 2650 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard and considering future locations as part of the community's long-term revitalization plan. The store opened in 1984 and became a Portland institution, eventually outgrowing its original home and moving to its current location in 2000. But the outlet went into an indefinite hiatus last year following a prominent rise in shoplifting. Nike quietly closed the store at some point in October with no official statement other than a message on the company's website staying closed for the next seven days. Well, seven days quickly turned into weeks, then months, with a little word from Nike, although there were indications that the company was working behind the scenes to try to get the doors back open. Nike offered to directly pay for dedicated police support to reopen the store, either by contracting off-duty uniform Portland Police Bureau officers to guard the store or by entering into an agreement with the city to fund additional full-time officers. The city couldn't agree to the company's proposal because it could not spare any police officers. It wasn't a question of money, according to city emails. The city simply did not have enough officers on staff and couldn't get more trained or certified fast enough. Well, you may remember that big vacant Kmart store fire back in July that spewed some hazardous ash across neighborhoods in northeast Portland. Well, the building is now being demolished. Its owner, San Francisco-based Prologis, received an emergency demolition permit late last week to tear down the large structure. City approved the emergency demolition to address the hazards of unsupported walls caused by the fire, and demolition crews moved in last week. Company wants to build a warehouse on the site, but neighborhood groups and the Park Rose School District have strongly opposed the Prologis project, said it will bring more diesel pollution to an already polluted area. They have called for a moratorium on the project. City officials say there is nothing they can do because the project meets local zoning laws. Bybee Lakes Hope Center in North 
Portland, Oregon's largest homeless shelter will remain open through at least the end of this year after Multnomah County commissioners voted to extend an emergency grant for $1.5 million. The county kept the door open for funding beyond December 31st, 2023, but those negotiations are ongoing. The emergency grant will preserve almost 200 shelter beds, the county said in a news release. The board voted unanimously to approve the grant, which will come from county contingency funding. Helping Hands Reentry Outreach Center, which operates at Bybee Lakes, agreed to several conditions to receive the funding, including keeping a minimum of 175 shelter beds available. And in sports, what happened to the Seattle Seahawks? What happened? Their home opener for the regular season, the Hawks were dominated by the Los Angeles Rams 30-13, to the Rams had 27 first downs and 426 yards of total offense. The Seahawks had just 12 yards of offense in the second half. That's unbelievable. You're not going to win games if that's all you can do. Probably not, unless you have a huge first half, which they <laughs> which they did not. So it's Seattle's worst home loss since Los Angeles, by the way, beat them 42-7 to back in 2017. So, I mean, obviously there's a long way to go. It's the first game of the regular season, but boy, that is not a good start for Seattle. Sunday night football last night. Uh, Patrick will be happy about this one. Cowboys over the Giants, 40 to nothing. Wow. That's 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 something. Uh, Brenda, I'm sorry about your Chargers. Mm-hmm. They lost to Miami as the Dolphins scored. Who? That Yes, that's the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> They scored the winning touchdown with just under two minutes to play. Chargers did get the ball back, but uh, can you got to be able to get all they had to do is get in field goal position. I know. Uh, My 49ers, they did well. They are on the road, uh, one at Pittsburgh, beating the Steelers handily. Tonight, going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to this one. It is the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. This will be Aaron Rodgers' debut as the Jets' new quarterback. That is just not going to look right. I know. It, that's, <laughs> it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it, though, so we'll see what happens. Anxiety can often be very difficult to handle, especially when anxious thoughts prevent us from completing our everyday tasks. Our minds become full of stress, and these feelings are then transferred to our bodies, creating even more havoc. While there are medical interventions that should be explored, we should also go to the divine physician and ask him to help ease our anxious souls. There are several prayers that many have found comfort in, especially in the midst of anxiety. The prayer of St. Bridget of Ireland is one of those, and also the St. Louis Martin Novena. You can also prayer pr- place your cares in the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And then there is this simple prayer of St. Teresa of Avila, and it says, Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing away. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. Mm. Amen. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. 
Tomorrow at 7 o'clock p.m., it is Young Catholic Professionals Networking Happy Hour at Lady Hill Winery. Young adults in their 20s and 30s are invited to YCP's Portland Networking Happy Hour. Grow in community with young adults from across the Willamette Valley and beyond. Complimentary appetizers will be provided and wine will be available for purchase by the glass or bottle. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. You know who may be there? Who may be there? The new president Uh of Young Catholic Professionals. You're going to meet him right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Brother Cyril, a Benedictine monk at Mount Angel Abbey, for the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including University of Portland, dedicated to excellence and innovation in the classroom. Ranked as one of the top colleges in the West by U.S. News and World Report, the University of Portland is home to robust undergraduate and graduate programs in its Colleges of Arts and Sciences and its Schools of Business, Education, Engineering, and Nursing. Learn more at up.edu. Matraday Radio congratulates the Grotto on 100 years of peace, prayer, and natural beauty. Experience the centennial celebration for the National Sanctuary of Our Sorrowful Mother, the Grotto. This historic year kicks off with an outdoor mass in the plaza at noon on Sunday, September 17th with Servite Prior Provincial Eugene Smith as celebrant. Exceptional events will fill the centennial, including uplifting concerts, insightful presentations, liturgical remembrances, new exhibits, and the largest Christmas festival of lights ever. Keep up with everything happening throughout this incredible year on the community calendar at MatraDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app, or visit thegrotto.org. It's been 100 years in the making. Celebrate a century of peace, prayer, and natural beauty at the National Sanctuary of Our Sorrowful Mother, the Grotto, with Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 8.13 at Day Radio. We're going to see some cloudy skies today, high of 76 degrees. More clouds overnight tonight, low of 57, and then partly sunny for Tuesday, high of 76 
Wednesday looks like we'll have clouds, then more sunshine, high of 77. Currently it is 56 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church in Longview. And 57 degrees at Queen of Peace Church in Salem. Well, some of the support from members from YCP say that being a part of this group has given them the confidence to carry the cross of Christ, not be afraid to share the glory of God. It can be very difficult in today's day and age for young people to be able to get a foot in the door in their careers and still remain faithful to their Catholic faith. But that's exactly what young Catholic professionals hope to do is to support young adults in their mission to become great Catholics and find that career that just serves all of their needs. Joining me today, it's their new president for the year. Chris Dohanik is joining me today to talk to you a little bit about why YCP is such an important program for young adults and what it's meant to him and what he plans to do as president for this year. Good morning, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for having me. Chris, tell me, I'd love to know, how did you first become involved in YCP? And in this time, what's really been important to you to have that support? Yeah, well, my story of how I came to, around to YCP is, is quite simple. Um, it was just started with um, a recommendation from the deacon that was at um, the, my local parish that, that I've attended pretty much my whole life. And I remember after Mass one time, he said, hey, you know, have you ever heard of YCP? And I said, no, I haven't. And he said, you know, you should go to one of the events and meet other young people. You obviously know many people around here in our own parish, um, but it'd be cool to kind of meet other younger Catholics from other parishes just throughout the greater Portland area. So... I went to a networking happy hour. That was, I think, three years ago by now, and um, the rest is history. So I've, I've gone to every retreat and, and the majority of those events, and, and yeah, I'm very, very grateful and blessed to, to step in now as new president for this this year ahead of us. So um, that's how it started. And, you know, one of the, the reasons I, or one of the things I love the most about YCP and why I continue to stay involved is that it really unites what, what I would call this age segment of the body of Christ. So you know, younger Catholics in those those 20s to 30s kind of age range, a lot of times uh, you may be one of only three or five or even less sometimes at, at some parishes of a, a young adult group, um, and it, it may not be that large. And so this gives them, again, the opportunity to meet other young Catholics um, that they can form great relationships with and, and grow in their own faith um, uh, outside of just their local parish. So. Chris, the title is Young Catholic Professionals, but you really try to throw a wide net to young adults. Right. More importantly, about in that age range, like you said, kind of tell our listeners more about who you think and who you want to be able to come to these events on a regular basis. Absolutely. It, yeah, it does have that word professional in it, I guess. And maybe it kind of has that natural brand image of just, you know, business acumen or networking. And, and that's certainly... Um, a part of it, but regardless of what kind of um, career you're in, or if you're looking for work, or whatever it is, it's honestly that part doesn't matter as much. It's really just, you know, that that age of yeah, early 20s to, to kind of 30s, um, and, and honestly, too, Brenda, regardless of where you're at in your faith as well. I think sometimes people may think, okay, this is only for just you know purely practicing Catholics, people that are cradle Catholics that grew up and are very devout, but there's people that, you know, go to some of these events that are exploring the Catholic faith and, and maybe they're Protestant right now, or maybe they grew up Catholic, but fell away from the faith for whatever reason. That, that's something I really would, I appreciate you asking that. I, I want to make very clear that anyone who, um, you know, maybe again, uh, came away from the faith or, or has um, interest in lingering back into it, this is an extremely approachable way 
of getting back into it and, and very casual. And yet at the same time, Brenda, authentically Catholic. And, and that's one of the things actually, I think draws a lot of people in, whether they grew up in the faith or looking at converting or whatever it is, um, I think draws them, you know, we have our patron saint of St. Joseph. We pray at every single event, our, our retreats, um, uh, there's, um, confessions that are offered, there's adoration, there's a very holy people that are at many of our events, seminarians, uh, re- many people in the religious life. We have sisters from all different kinds of orders. So it is authentically Catholic, which I think is the right kind of image to portray. And, and again, just draws a lot of people in. So, If you are just tuning in this morning, I'm talking with Chris Dohanik. He is with the new president for Young Catholic Professionals Portland Chapter. Joining me today to just tell us more about the program and who should be coming to these great events. Now, you talked about some of those things. I heard you talking about events. You're talking about panel discussions and networking events and retreats. Tell me more about all of the things that Young Catholic Professionals Chapter does on a regular basis. Oh, there's an event uh, every month. We have a monthly event, and yes, the majority of them are speaking events where we may have like an executive speaker series. That's what we call it with one individual that speaks on something, and it could be someone that's maybe in their 40s, 50s, 60s, um, maybe a more seasoned type professional in whatever setting that is, whatever industry that might be. And they may talk about how they came around to the faith or how they express the faith in, in their own workplace, in their own industry. Um, that's kind of a common topic of discussion for those executive speaker series. Um, then we also have panel discussions. And so panel discussions, Brenda, you were on our last one of St. John the Baptist, which we were very thankful for, which was great. And that um, it, it's on a virtue. There's typically a topic that three panelists speak on. Um, our next one coming up is um, November 14th. That'd be the virtue of perseverance. And we'll have three individuals talking about their faith and the virtue of perseverance and um, how they do that. And then um, we also have the other, actually the most immediate event coming up is um, a networking happy hour at Lady Hill Winery in St. Paul, Oregon, which is a very popular event every single year. So that's another event type thing. We'd have probably two or three times a year. It's just purely networking type happy hour. Um, and then finally would be our retreats. And, and I really like these retreats. There's, there's two big ones we do every single year. Um, one of them is an advent. And then another one is during Lent. They're both at Mount Angel Seminary. Um, and the, one of the beautiful things about that, Brenda, is that it draws young Catholics in for, from everywhere throughout um, throughout Portland and in the rural areas as well. So we actually, um, to, to brag up for us a little bit, we do really well mm-hmm. nationally compared to the other chapters in the number of people that attend our retreats. We get you know 140, 150 people that show up at Mount wow. Angel. And compared to every other chapter, that's... That's really impressive, and so um, we want to, you know, continue to grow that. So anyway, that's, um, and we'll have like a, you know, a keynote speaker during those of the retreats, and um, uh, yeah. So those those are the main events that, that happen. Chris, you are a busy group of people, and yeah, thank you for having me over for one of your events. I spoke on humility, which I thought was kind of funny because there's a lot of I in what I do and what I get to choose to talk about, but I appreciate meeting firsthand and seeing firsthand all of you there. And it's just really a wonderful community. I encourage anybody who is in the young adult years to please go to their website and look that up. Chris, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And and congratulations. Good luck in the upcoming year of your uh, presidency at YCP. Where can people go again to find more information? Absolutely. Uh, you, know, you could probably just Google YCP Portland 
and um, you'll come across our website, which has all of our events listed there. Uh, again, the, the most recent one coming up here is that Lady Hill Winery one, which is on Tuesday, September 12th. Um, and then the other big one to earmark on your calendar would be the Advent Retreat, which is December 16th. Um, and then also we're extremely active on social media. Um, and so if you go on Instagram or Facebook and just search YCP Portland, you'll, you'll easily find us there. Um, but yeah, social media is, is the best way to kind of instantly get information about things that are going on, um, as well as the website too, YCP Portland. So. All right. Fantastic. Well, Chris, thanks so much for your time to get again today. I surely appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you. You as well. Thanks, Brenda. And again, that is Chris Dohanick. He is the new president of the Young Catholic Professionals Portland chapter. Now, if you want to find out more information Chris just gave you, please go to the, your webpage. You can very easily Google Young Catholic Professionals Portland, or you can also go to the podcast of this interview. I'll include the links that Chris was just talking about. You'll find this podcast at materdayradio.com and also access it on the Hail Mary media app. And it is 822 at Mater Day Radio. Didn't you say they have an event tonight? Lady Hill Winery. Uh, it's tomorrow evening. Tomorrow evening. Tomorrow, tomorrow evening, evening at Lady Hill. There you go. Opportunity right there. Hey, one of the ways you can support Mater Day Radio is through our vehicle donation program. If you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation, take you to the main page there, all the information for you. Just a couple forms to fill out. You're good to go. Really quick and easy process and a likely tax deduction for you as well. Day Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Christians have committed some of the worst atrocities in history, far worse than the supposed savages and heathens that they converted to Christianity? Well, G.K. Chesterton says, It is very right to rebuke our religion for falling short of our own standards and ideals. But it's absurd to pretend that Christianity fell lower than other religions that profess the very opposite standards and ideals. In other words, the savages and heathens have had some pretty savage and heathen ideas and practices from minor maltreatment all the way to human sacrifice. Chesterton says the Christian has not been worse than the heathen in an absolute sense. The Christian is only worse because it is his business to be better. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. It's the 58th annual Oktoberfest in Mount Angel, running Thursday, September 14th through Sunday, September 17th. Check out the Alpine food booths, music ranging from Alp horns to Alpine rock, free street dances, nonstop Bavarian entertainment, free family fun in the kindergarten, local crafters, a cruise-in car show, sports, wiener dog races, and lots more. Come join the celebration at the Mount Angel Oktoberfest. Info online at oktoberfest.org. 
This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun. Two times the fun. On Mater Dei Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 826 at Mater Dei Radio. New study shows the impact of health care costs. We'll have that for you in the news. And after days on the picket line, Evergreen School District teachers in Vancouver are opening the doors and welcoming back students to a new school year. I'll have that story and details for you coming up in news. Here is Matthias Michael, You're What I Need. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Why did I think this life was mine? Couldn't find a love of any kind Consumed in all my selfish pride Into the darkness I was blind You're what I need
That is Matthias Michael and your What I Need. It is 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Educators from Vancouver's Evergreen Public Schools have reached a tentative agreement on a new contract Sunday evening, nearly two weeks after they went on strike. This comes after the district superintendent threatened to withhold pay from striking educators and non-striking support staff represented by separate unions if they didn't return to work by today. That according to the Evergreen Education Association, both parties reached an agreement on a new contract around 6.37 p.m. Sunday. The union will meet today to vote on the new contract. In fact, that vote is probably going on right now. It began at 8 o'clock. If approved by the majority of the union's membership, schools will open on a two-hour delay. The union's key points of contention in the bargaining process, which began in March, have been extending a cost of living adjustment, reducing class sizes, and getting additional support for special education. In a letter to school families, administration officials said they will have more information soon on how to make up the seven days that were missed during the work stoppage. We were watching the our phones yesterday right. evening. The letter usually came out around four o'clock. Four o'clock, no letter. Five o'clock, no letter. Six o'clock, I'm like, what, yeah. what's going on? And I, I said... I bet they're working really, really hard this evening to get school open tomorrow. And sure enough, I think it was around 6.45 maybe. It wasn't long after, it sounds like, the vote that the message went out. School was open yeah. today. I was looking for a school bell sound. What do you got for me? Is this sound? I don't know if this sounds like it. That's Six. about right. Put it up to your mic there. Yeah, I don't want to make it too loud. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I can't tell well, what the audio is. How are you going to get to class if you <laughs> don't hear it? I love those old school bells. It brings back a lot of memories. <laughs> I was going to say good memories, but I don't know if that's... Uh, I, I guess mostly good memories. Absolutely. Well, in what is probably the deadliest earthquake in more than six decades, rescuers in Morocco are racing against the clock to find survivors from Friday's powerful earthquake. Nearly 2,500 people are confirmed dead with that many more injured. And authorities warn the death toll is still expected to rise. The worst destruction has been in isolated mountain areas, which are difficult to access. Residents have described whole villages suffering damage and rescuers unable to retrieve bodies from the rubble. In Marrakesh, the nearest major city, many residents slept on the streets, too afraid to return to their homes. Historic sites in popular tourist destinations have been damaged as well. Morocco's King Mohammed VI declared three days of mourning and ordered mosques nationwide to hold funeral prayers on Sunday. To dialogue with someone who has wronged us in a process that requires real courage, Pope Francis said Sunday, reflecting on the theme of fraternal correction. Fraternal correction is one of the highest expressions of love, he said, and also the most demanding because it is not easy to correct others, the Holy Father observed. He goes on to say, when a brother in the faith commits a fault against you without rancor, help him, correct him, help by correcting. Following his reflection, the Holy Father expressed his closeness to the people of Morocco in the aftermath of that devastating earthquake. 
And Pope Francis also spoke briefly about the beatification of the Ulma family in Poland. The Nazis brutally executed this devoutly Catholic family of Josef and Victoria Ullman and their seven children in 1944. This is the first time an entire family has been beatified together. Well, do you feel like more of your dollars have been going to health care over the past few years? If your answer is yes, you're right, according to a new report from the Oregon Health Authority as it reviewed health care spending between 2013 and 2021. The numbers show health care spending grew by 40 percent over that time period. The report found that the average Oregonian paid more for their health care than they did on housing and utilities. More specifically, OHA said the cost of insurance, prescribed medications, and over-the-counter drugs accounted for 22% of a resident's budget. The state agency reported that about 33% of adults have skipped or delayed a medical appointment because of the price. Additionally, about 25% of adults have skipped medication or failed to refill a prescription for similar reasons. OHA said high health care costs have affected low-income residents more than their counterparts. In Bend, Oregon, a bomb threat against Summit High School posted on social media over the weekend has prompted a search of the school and the cancellation of Monday's classes and activities, including sports practices and games. In a letter to parents on Sunday night, officials wrote, After a meeting this evening with our law enforcement partners, we made the difficult decision to cancel all classes and activities at Summit High School on Monday, September 11th, in response to a threat that was posted on social media this weekend. Law enforcement agencies are actively investigating this threat, and we believe it is best for students to stay home today. Now, Summit High School was searched on Sunday and an additional search will be conducted this morning with the assistance of a trained Oregon State Police canine. And in sports, tennis star Novak Djokovic added to his GOAT status yesterday. That's the greatest of all time after he defeated Daniel Medvedev in three straight sets to win his historic 24th Grand Slam title at the U.S. Open Championships in New York. You know who was sitting in his box watching? Who? Matthew McConaughey. Was he really? All right, all right, all right. I bet he He was was cheering for him. He was cheering for him. Yeah, in fact, uh, when uh, Djokovic won, he went up to his box and uh, gave him a big hug. Oh. How about that? I I just... Yeah, kind of sweaty. I was going to say, I don't even think I'd want a high five. (laughs) Yes. Uh, This is his fourth U.S. Open title, Djokovic, that is. He already holds the men's Grand Slam singles title record. Sunday's win now ties him with Margaret Court for the most singles titles of all time, of anyone, that is. And speaking of the women, 19-year-old Coco Goff Mm -hmm. won the women's U.S. Open championship on Saturday by defeating Irina Sabalenka to claim her first Grand Slam title. So a lot of fun at the U.S. Open Tennis Championships. Now they have a break. They do have like a season-ending Masters Championship tournament, but then your next Grand Slam, starting the calendar over again, will be in January with the Australian Open. So, that would uh, make sense. It's right in the middle of their summer. Their summer there, so we'll wait on that. Uh, University of Portland women's soccer team get a win yesterday on the bluff, one to nil over UC Irvine. And lots of football yesterday. The NFL uh, first weekend of the regular season. Lots of games. Seattle got blasted by the <laughs> LA Rams in Seattle. Kind of surprising. 
I don't think anybody expected the Rams to be all that great this year, even though they you know, won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. They've gone through a lot of changes since then. Seattle expected to be pretty good this year, but but didn't show it yesterday. So they got uh, they got a little uh, uh, retooling to do, I think, before the uh, second uh, game of the season. Your San Diego Chargers now yep. the Los Angeles Chargers. Yes, they uh, they uh, had a good game with the Miami Dolphins. Went back and forth. I forget how many lead changes there were, but uh, okay, Tua Tagalova, man, he had a great game. The quarterback for Miami, he ended up having like one of the best opening passing days in the history of the NFL. It was pretty amazing. So uh, he's back. My Niners won. Uh, Big game tonight. Looking forward to New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. Bills, always a good team. And New York Jets, new quarterback Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers. That's just, it's going to be strange to see him in that different uniform. I'll be watching. I know. It's going to be good. On September 11th, 2001, Judith Toppin, an employee of the Port Authority in New York and New Jersey, was working on the 71st floor of World Trade Center when her life was changed forever. Judith, who suffers from serious health issues, could feel her heart pounding, and some work co-workers came to check on her, but within a moment, a manager hurried past, ordering everyone to leave the building. Her co-workers were not sure what to do. That's when Judith heard a man tell the others that they should leave because he had her. The man was Paul Karras, a 46-year-old engineer who also worked for the Port Authorities. They had never met before. Paul would lead Judith down the stairwell of the North Tower to safety. And Judith spotted Paul's wedding ring as they were heading down and suddenly realized the sacrifice he was making by staying with her. She wrote in a book, I asked him to leave me behind and save himself since he had a family and I was moving much too slowly. But my words, she said, fell on deaf ears and he instructed me to swing my left leg forward, drop my right foot down to the next step. And he assured me that he would never let me fall. And Paul still vividly remembers the firefighters who were going up as they were coming down. Paul and Judith were among the last people to leave the North Tower of the World Trade Center before it collapsed on the 9-11. Paul Karras was lauded as a hero in the days after the tragedy, but as he explained to Alatea, Hearing himself described that way triggered a discrepancy, he said. Though he was a practicing Catholic and was active at his parish community of Corpus Christi in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, Paul could only see a deep divide in his life. He said church was church and everything else was everything else. In It was a Crisio weekend that Paul made a breakthrough. He began to see that even with his engineering brain of logic, not everything in life could be rationally analyzed, made sense of. And in 2011, Paul was ordained a permanent deacon for the Archdiocese of Newark. Judith passed away in 2020, but she and Deacon Paul stayed in touch over the years, seeing each other once or twice a year. The woman who called Paul her angel, well, she was right there the day of his ordination, of course. Mm. Well, you know, you think of all the acts of heroism 
back on that day and the first responders and all of the folks involved, you know, God bless them all, prayers for Mm. them all and their families. Mm -hmm. And I pray that the unity that this country found in the days and years after that, can we find that again? Absolutely. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And on Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock is Awakening Faith, a group for returning and searching Catholics happening at Our Lady of the Lake Parish in Lake Oswego. Are you a cradle Catholic who left the church? Did your faith formation end after you finished Catholic school? Returning or searching Catholics are invited to learn and grow in the faith through open small group discussions. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, here we are in the month of September, mm-hmm. and so I suppose we have some chores we should be doing, should we? It's starting that kind of tidying up and closing up of the uh, the summer uh, harvest. Okay. Well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk about some of these chores right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Facing difficult problems in your marriage. Oregon Retrovi is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship. Catholic in origin, this Christian marriage program is open to all married couples, no matter what age, walk of life, faith, or ethnic background. Oregon Retrovi is a practical program to improve communication, build stronger marriages, and help couples reconnect. Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's helpourmarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi, a lifeline for married couples. Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on. We're a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. Hi everyone, this is David from Mater Dei Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Mater Dei Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. It is 
is 846 at Mater Day Radio. Yeah, going to be a little more cloudy today, at least in our area. Going to be a high of 76 degrees. More clouds overnight tonight, low of 57. Partly sunny for Tuesday, high of 76. And then uh, more sunshine for Wednesday, high of 77. Currently, it is 62 degrees at the St. Vincent de Paul Center in Vancouver. And 57 degrees at Valley Catholic High School in Beaverton. Out of coffee? No need to worry. Mater Day Radio is brewing a second cup of the morning blend. Oh, what an incredible weekend. We spent a lot of time outdoors this weekend. Mm-hmm. We had a, a family come into town, so we spent some time playing in the backyard. That meant that uh, Christian had to get out there and earn his keep by <laughs> mowing the lawn, and he had to do a dung run. We'll just leave it at that. A real oh, thorough one because okay. we had the dogs out a lot. So, uh, But it made for such a great evening. Yeah, it was beautiful this weekend. I was down in Corvallis for the Oregon State football game on Saturday. Beautiful day. It was warm in the afternoon. Reeser Stadium, amazing. How's that new stadium look? It's it's phenomenal. I mean, just the the they redid the entire west side of the stadium. You remember when they blew up the uh west side a couple of years ago and they'd been rebuilding it and it is it is just phenomenal. If you ever if you get a chance to go to a football game and see Research Stadium now, they did they redid the uh, east side a while back, which is really nice too. Mm -hmm. But now with the addition of the West Side, I gotta say, if there's a nicer stadium out there I'd like to see it. Okay, it's really beautiful. Uh, d- now, is the field turf or is it natural grass? No, it's it's turf. It's yeah. turf. It's it would make sense because yeah. things get so muddy around. Yeah, here. it's been turf for years. I think most of all, I, I I think all of the Northwest schools, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, all have yeah artificial surfaces. Makes no, sense. No grass fields anymore. But uh, yeah, anyway, it was it was great. Beautiful to see. Well, good. So we had uh, some time outdoors. Everything, it, it seemed like that little bit of rain that we got that week that kind of off and on wasn't a lot, but we did uh, get everything uh, washed off and, and greened up. Grass yeah. is looking really nice right now. So Starting our yard, the green, yeah. Our yard is really green right now. The other thing that's really green right now that I don't always, I mean, I get that it's part of its natural process, but all the, the, uh, Flowers on my hydrangea, mm-hmm. they turned green. Oh, okay. The flower itself. Yeah. They started off as like a light blue. They mm-hmm. they got a little bit bluer over the growing season. Right. They They're the big, the big, the big, the yeah, big, yeah, hydrangea, the big flower. Yeah. I love them. I've got a lot of them yeah. in my yard. And so over earlier in the growing season, I did put down some fertile, it's like a, uh, actually soil yeah. uh, that'll turn them pink. So hopefully next year they'll go back to that pink and purple. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do, as they bathe and they grow, they, they kind of turn a you greenish dead color. Uh, yeah, you can, but they're not like dead. They're not brown. Right. They, just, they lose their color. Yeah. But do they, do, do they ultimately die or do they just... And then the, the whole plant will die back. Yeah. And then we'll go through and you cut them all back. Okay, there you go. And yeah. they, they grow. They're, they're hardy plants. Yeah. So if you want to fill an area, put a hydrangea in there. It'll, <laughs> it loves yeah. this area. So, But we thought we'd spend some time today along with some chores, some cutting back. We got to remind everybody, okay, there's some important things we got to do to our garden. So that way come springtime, mm-hmm. you know, we want to make sure that we've got that beautiful yeah. Marion garden that's all ready to grow. So I got a ton of tomatoes right now, but they haven't ripened. 
Really? They're they're ripe. Every now and again, one will ripen, and I'll pluck it off. It's you know, it's turned red. Okay. But I've got a lot of big green ones on there right now. Okay, yeah. that's funny you would mention that because that is actually one of the things on the list. It says to protect your tomatoes. Pick green tomatoes and ripen them indoors if a frost threatens. Okay. So you've got to watch that. So you're going to leave them on there for now. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, watching the weather as we move through the month, if it starts to get chilly at night... That's going to be your signal to get them in. All right. Just pick what you got and let them write them inside. Yeah. Um, A friend of ours brought me over a bag of the most beautiful vine ripened red tomatoes. Mm. I'm going to make them into salsa tonight. I mean, they are gorgeous. I look forward to that. Yeah. There's lots of harvesting, too, that you can do this month. It talks about some squash uh, that you want to, if that white spot on the squash, Squash starts to turn a golden brown. That's the indicator to pick it. If you are growing potatoes, harvest those this month when the top dies down. I've always wanted to try to grow tomatoes. And they have these neat potato bags Mm -hmm. that you can grow them that looks like it makes it so easy. You just, you roll a bag. It almost looks like a... um, a mesh dog food bag. Like it's a big bag yeah, like yeah. that round. Yeah. You put soil in the bottom. You put your cut tomato or potatoes with the eye mm-hmm. and you let it grow. You, you fill and let it grow. Right. And then once it gets to be about a foot, you fill it more mm-hmm. and then you fill it more. And as it and you can just unroll your bag as it gets to the top. And then now, well, that plant's going to die. Then all you do is you dump out the bag. You don't have to go hunting for them. You've right. got all your potatoes yeah. in one spot, and they just kind of grow up the stock of that plant. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I want to try that, but I, you know, I always like forget to do that. So, ironically, I had baked potatoes last night. <gasps> did you really? And I did indeed. All right. Now yeah. you let your grass kind of go dormant I over do. the over the summer months. Yep. But now it's going to begin to grow. It is starting it's getting to grow. More, yep. more water. So they said this is the month to go out and aerate your lawn. You know, maybe they, I've seen those little spike shoes that you can right. wear that as you mow, you just kind of put the holes Punk in through it. in it, yeah. And then in early September, they say is also the time to fertilize. Mm-hmm. But be very sparse with it. Yeah. I mean, Oregon uh, State Extension, they say we don't want your fertilizer to just roll into the water Mm -hmm. race so they say apply one pound of nitrogen per 1,000 square feet to your lawn yeah and that'll prevent it from running off and into the into the uh yeah Yeah, right yeah Yeah, so you you know what i do this time of year i i have uh with my lawnmower i put put the uh, plug on the grass catcher so the cuttings drop down oh into the grass and that works like fertilizer for fertilizer too right that's perfect don't have anything to bag yeah that's christian's favorite days to mow is when he doesn't have to bag (laughs) uh now is the time to also start uh splitting your peonies your irises you want to plant or transplant woody ornamentals around that's the time to do it now we've had some issues out here at Mater Day Radio we've had some trees I don't it doesn't seem like they're dead but maybe the the leaves got shocked for some reason because we know they're watered mm-hmm. they some of the leaves turn yeah. brown and we have a tree in our backyard did the same thing right so we're gonna wait until the new year we're gonna plant it maybe put some tree spikes in the ground around it to mm-hmm. just give it a little boost and then we'll see how things come up in the springtime all right all right so uh hopefully you'll enjoy these last wonderful days of summer and we hope you enjoyed today's second cup 
Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Romans 4.21 assures us that whatever God has promised, He is able to perform. St. Peter Catholic Church in Newburgh is fulfilling the promise with its challenging campaign to build a new church to accommodate large growth with more space for worship, sacramental life, service, faith formation, testimony, and solace. See the new church design and learn more at stpeternewburgor.org. That's stpeternewburgor.org. And join us in fulfilling the promise. Monterey Radio's Leadership Circle connects through all-source communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? All-Source Communications is an independent, local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at allsourcecommunications.com. That's allsourcecommunications.com. Or call 503-967-4887 for All-Source Communications. Connecting Monterey Radio's Leadership Circle. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Matraday Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Matraday Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Matraday Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at matradayradio.com. The Morning Blend. It's a cup of joy with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 855 in Mater Day Radio. So looking at the calendar, talking about the chores for the last uh, few days of summer. Two weeks left of summer. <gasps> two weeks. Make the most of them. Fall arrives on the 23rd. So uh, it would have been two weeks from Saturday. Okay. Well, there it's going to feel like summer yes, as we it, move through the it week. Sh- it sure is. It could be up to 90 by Friday. What? I know. Isn't that incredible? So today, though, cloudy, high of 76, mostly cloudy tonight, low of 57, and then partly sunny for tomorrow on Tuesday with the high of 76. Currently 63 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, Sarah Kroger and Impossible Things. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Take my 
Sarah Kroger. Well, you got to tune that whistler. <laughs> I know. He's a little off today. That's Impossible Things. It's David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday. We do appreciate it. Go out there, enjoy the day, and uh, hope everyone has a wonderful day. Absolutely. And you know who deserves to have the absolute best day ever? Deborah, our administrative yeah. assistant in the front desk. A very big happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday, prayers, and blessings. That is going to wrap it up for us on the morning blend. Livingstones this evening at 7.30. But catch the podcast on the Hail Mary Media app. We hope you have a very blessed day.